time for a change. Strap your headphones on and join Chris, Scott, and Sean. Three active duty police officers in the Chicago suburbs. As they face the tough subjects, including police brutality, racial tension, rioting, and more. Weekly, you'll get tips and tricks on how to keep you and your family safe, what to do during traffic stops, how to handle domestic violence, and more. This This is a show about about opening a dialogue, accepting that something has to be done, and bringing communities together again. And now your hosts, Chris, Scott, and Sean. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Three Cops Talk. I'm Sean, I'm here with Chris and Scott. And as promised, we've continued to bring some guests on. Today's story is a great redemptive story that we want to get to. And I'm going to let Scott give you a little intro on our next guest. Hello. So today we're welcoming Garland Mays. Uh, Garland uh, is uh, works in the local community and is uh, housing works in a housing authority uh, in the suburban Chicago area. And he's got a great story. He's going to tell us a little bit about what his background is how he got to where he is today and the things that he's currently working on so garland welcome uh-uh. and, welcome uh, thank you for coming we'll let you, you uh lead off telling us a little bit about yourself uh, thank you for having me thank you for having me uh, it's a pleasure to be here today um well let me just start off my name is garland mays i'm uh 50 years old i'm from the city of joliet uh currently i uh work for a beverage company i've been there for over 20 years uh, uh, hopefully a few more years I can get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that. What beverage? Uh, Budweiser. Nice. Nice. Very good. Uh, I've been there 20 years. <laughs> and uh, so you ask me about beer, I know all about <laughs> there beer. There you go, right. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, uh, I am a commissioner at the uh, City of Joliet, a housing commissioner. I'm a treasurer commissioner. I've been there uh, a year. was appointed by the mayor. And I'm a president over two nonprofits. Uh, one is uh, Joliet uh, Leadership Coalition, uh, where we uh, I supervise rather over all of the neighborhoods in Joliet. And I'm also the president of the Forest Park Neighborhood Council. Very good. Why don't you give us the cliff notes to your existence, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Why we all found uh, what your story well, was right, fascinating. Right, and, uh, you know, we've got an hour. I'm sure you can yeah. probably take up more than that. Yeah, but well, uh, I, well, just I, an hour? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. all going to be an hour. <laughs> right, right, right. So I'm going to jump in. So I uh, I was introduced to, to, to Garland at a uh, uh, lead homicide investigation school. And it's a week-long class that most police officers got to take if they're going to get investigations and stuff. So we had that week, and then um, he came in and spoke. And when we started this podcast, you know, about bridging, you know, communities, civilians to police and everything, um, I was reminded of this speech. And I'm like, okay, this is a guy we got to get in because he's one of those true... He's one of those true redemption stories that actually wants to make a difference, and that's and that's what we find. That that's the people we want. We don't want, you know, the activists that are just going to go out there and be on the news and not do anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're all under the same thought process of learning as much as teaching, because right. nobody is perfect. And this is where I think it happens: boots on the ground. Yeah. So um, start with your story. Well, my story is: I grew up, uh, born and raised in the city of Joliet, and. Went to high school in Joliet and um, uh, played football there. And uh, shortly after that, went to a college for about a year and a half, Olivet Nazarene in Kankakee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Played tight end there. Nice. And uh, got injured and left. 
and uh, came back to Joliet and uh, found other ways, uh, other things that interested me, which was the streets. Um, you know, I raised up in a Christian household. My grandfather, my grandparents raised me. I'm a, a preacher's kid. And, uh, uh, but, you know, the lure of the streets uh, that uh, led me into uh, other things. So, uh, selling drugs. Uh, I've sold uh, drugs all throughout, you know, the city that I was raised in, Joliet. And uh, joined a gang. Uh, I was a gangster disciple. Uh, at a very early age, uh, well, not early, say 18, 19 years old when I came, you know, and um, really uh, got involved in the street life heavily, heavily. Um, involved in many different things in the streets, whether it was shootings, uh, gang banging, uh, of course, selling drugs. That was the number one thing, making money. And up until the time that I was. Uh, uh, arrested for uh, second-degree murder, and I was also convicted of uh, arrested for uh, delivery of con controlled substance, and I was sentenced to 22 years in a penitentiary uh, or Department of Corrections of uh, Illinois. How old were you when when that part came about? Uh, I was uh, just turned. Was I 2020? 20, 20. Yeah, I was 20 because I turned 21 and. In the county, so yeah. So that's quite a bit over a span, right. just a couple of years. Yeah, just a couple of years. Just a couple of years of playing football. Yeah. Coming out to where yeah. you where you went to. Well, the street yeah. life. The street life is very fast. Yeah. You right. know, it, things happen very very fast. You know, when you uh, uh, put yourself in position to to excel in the streets, you know, things happen really really fast. <laughs> and so you come in and you find back then when you know when you know. Uh, the crack ep epidemic, I'm going to call it crack ep epidemic, uh, when it was very high, uh, you know, the uh, everything moved fast. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. know, uh, you know, so, yeah, it, 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 it took off. So we're, we're going to take this in stages. So you come home, you obviously you played football, you went yeah. to college, got hurt, came home. So what was the point that you made the decision that, okay, you know, you live with your grandparents and your grandfather was a preacher, right? Mm -hmm. What made you make my the decision? Your grandfather, my okay. So what made you make the decision that I'm not going to go the path of my grandfather be a preacher, but I want to I, I want to hit the streets? Well, you know, I came back home and then I had, I, you know, all of my friends that are, not all my friends, but I had a few friends uh, that were off in college, of course, doing what they were doing. And then I had a few friends who were off in the streets. And, you know, my grandparents, you know, they, they did their best to raise me. I mean, you know, we, we didn't grow up, in my eyes, we weren't poor. You know, right. we, we grew up in a, in a great house. And, uh, and uh, I knew they couldn't afford to send me to a different school or, or anything like that. And um, me hooking up with a few of my friends and seeing them driving nice cars and nice mm -hmm. clothes. And, you know, I'm just like, wow, what, what are you guys doing that, you know, what's really going on you know and one of my friends he was he never left uh, uh straight out of high school i think he got into the streets and by the time i came back he was already you know fully into the streets and i'm seeing him drive this nice car and nice yeah. clothes yeah, right right and everything like that and here i am looking for a job at mcdonald's because you know i'm trying to figure out if i'm gonna go to the military if i'm gonna go to another college which i knew i my grandparents couldn't pay and I knew, my, you know, football was over for me. And uh, it was the streets that, 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 that caught my, my eye, my attraction. And that's what, 
you know, these younger kids, that, that they see the lure of the street through the cars, the clothes, the women, mm-hmm. the money, right. you know, and everything like that. And that's what caught me. Okay. You know, I couldn't help but to see that, and that's the route that I took. Okay. As you, as you were going through that process on the streets, like, what? how did you and your compatriots, you know, were there, there's a lot of myths surrounding, like, how they viewed the police and what our role was. Uh, is you know, Talk a little bit about that for us, like, how you saw us. Um, that that it oftentimes is very interesting to me because you know we come from the military and they always teach us like this is what your so to speak enemy thinks of you mm-hmm. you know and I think it's bad that we consider other citizens enemies but the bottom right. line is is just it, there's some dynamic there that always fascinated me well in the streets anything that's stopping you from getting money is your enemy right you know that's just bottom line if you're going to stop me from from uh, uh, eating, as I call it, eating, right. then you're my enemy. Right. You know, whether, you know, you're my enemy, actually my enemy or not, you know. Right. So uh, that's, 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 that was the ideology on the streets. Anything that stops you from eating, it's going to automatically be, whether it's a different gang or, 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 or people pushing in on you trying to, you know, sell drugs where you sell drugs, it, it automatically become your enemy. Right. So, you know. It, it just wasn't the police that that was our enemy. You know, we were, like I said, I was a gangster disciple. Our enemy was Latin kings, vice lords, you know, uh, Spanish lords, uh, anybody that even outsiders right. that came in to to try to stop us from getting money. That was the enemy. You know. Uh, also during that time, though, you know, you had uh, police officers then that were, you know, very heavily uh, targeting, you know, drug drug dealers right and so during that time you know uh and i was green when i first came into it but then of course when you're out there with uh hanging with a few people that are well known you know you become a target as well yeah oh yeah you know so he hangs with them (laughs) right so he's doing what they do so you know let's pull him over every other five minutes you know and things like that so there were some things that 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 happened on the streets where uh you 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 uh you develop a huge mistrust, right. huge mistrust. Right. And you know, I you know, when I was on the street, did I run into some officers that were really good people? Yes, I did. I really did. And I, was I being a jerk to them? Yeah, I did. I was being a jerk to them. But then, I, were there some officers who were just straight jerks? Right. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, they were right. straight jerks. Right. You right. Know? right. And so that didn't help the relation. You know, I wasn't looking to have no relationship with officers in it anyway because right. i was in the street you know i i be honest with you i not only have i been robbed before by uh you know the average guy you know you know you know someone jumped in my car one time and robbed me you know out of you know i wasn't paying attention right. but i've been robbed by police officers as right. well right so you know but that's just part of you know i mean and when i say robbed i mean look we're taking your money right you know, right. And, and right that's it right. that's right. just it right. and it wasn't money to be submitted as evidence it wasn't right. <laughs> no right. i don't think they submitted right. as evidence <laughs> oh, oh we're gonna put this in <laughs> but, but again no. it goes back it speaks to that point of you know the lure of the streets can also lure the guys in on the other side of the badge the good guys or yes. whatever you want to call us you know mm-hmm. at that circumstance mm-hmm. like you know you see that kind of money and you know Cops, yeah. cops ain't always been paid great. No, right. It's a good paying job, but the bottom line is you see that kind of cash sitting around, and there's temptation there. Yeah. It takes a lot to kind of uh, – y- the, the same lure to get in it, it can be just as bad to try to stay out of it. You I know mean, it'd I mean? be just like you walking past a hundred – you see a $100 bill laying on the ground. Do you walk past it or you pick it up? Right. You know? right, right. And I think that was the ideology of some Donated. of the officers that was uh, – 
uh, uh, that happened. You know, uh, you know, you know. It, it, it's, it's it's looking back hindsight. Uh, that was just part of the game, though. Right. Just, you know. Right. And just like everything else, it it evolves. You know, right. everybody evolves. You know, and and um, you know, we we like to see. You know the evolution to you know better. You know, and that's really the big thing. Now, when you were when you were running the streets, were you supporting grand, your your grandparents too? No, 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 no. My no. grandparents. No, my grandfather okay. was retired from Caterpillar. He was a great guy. Uh, okay. You know, oh he, yeah. Yeah, great guy. So, no, I wasn't supporting my family. I, it, it was just a greed for money. Okay. You know, I you know I uh, you know. Uh, were they aware of what was going on with you? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, they, or my, did they my try to have some conversations <laughs> with you, right. maybe along the you way. You know, my my grandmother. Uh, you know, she was the first one to catch on something was going on with me uh, because uh, I would leave uh, money in certain places. She would find it, uh-huh. yeah. you know, <laughs> right. and and it, it would be she like whose money is this? I don't know. And it wasn't a lot of money. It might be a 20 here, 30 there, you know, whatever the case right. may be. But that was calling myself. I was calling myself, you know, giving her money back you know, right. Sure. Right. and everything like that. And then when she finally found out. Uh, that I was selling drugs, you know, of course, then that was, it wasn't shortly longer, uh, well, you have to go now. Right. You know, right. And if this is the life you want to leave, you leave. And I left that right. day. Okay. Right. You know, I, you know, I didn't want to, I, I never brought drugs into my grandparents' house. Sure. I would always, right. you know, hide them outside. Uh, this one I first started. And then, um, you know, but once she found out, she was the first one to find out. Right. So was I, I broke her heart. I yeah. broke her heart. Was there a sense of disappointment? It, it was you, a huge yeah. disappointment. It was huge disappointment because they had such a, a bigger goal for me. You know, I, you know, my grandfather was a Purple Heart, uh, World War II veteran. Wow. Um, no. Yeah, and uh, you know he came. He went over there and uh, got shot and lost two fingers, and uh, so he was a Purple Heart. And uh, you know, um, he raised uh, not only his seven kids, but he raised my brother and I. Mm-hmm. So I mean, great, great. You know, it's not like I come from a broken home. I right, 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 <laughs> right. You know, my grandfather. Choices. You know, I. Right. You know, we had our own house. You know, he drove brand new cars. You know, he. You know, he worked hard. You right. Know, he was a, and he taught us to work hard. Right. You know, he taught my brother and I, and you know, uh, his only son to work hard. And so it's not like you know I come from some broken family. Right. You know, no, I come from a great family. Okay. A great, great, great family. Okay, so. I was it, just, it just it, yeah, it was, just it's great, right? It's a look, it's a look. So now, um, fast forward, you're in this life, you know, you're running and gunning, doing your thing. Mm-hmm. You get pinched. You get well, s- a lot, a lot happened between that, you know, at that time, you know, I, yeah, I was running and gunning, you know, between the buying cars and, you know, I had, I was, <laughs> I was 19 when I, uh, yeah, a little bit over 19 when I, I bought my first Audi. Nice. Uh, nice. I bought an Audi 5000S, you know. I had two Audis. I right. bought a silver one and then turned around and bought a gold one. But oh, I also Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah, well, you right, have to right, have right, silver right, and gold. It's like Christmas. Well, one was automatic, <laughs> one was sticks. Well, so oh, wow. Yeah. 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 That's both, nice. You know, and, and, you know, I, we had several cars. Uh, I had several cars of my own. Uh, and then uh, the, the crew that I ran with, we had a ton of cars you know we had different apartments all over the city of Julia, right. you know and everything like that so uh it was it was a, it was a rock star life, sure you know which is part of the lure yeah well, most definitely you know you know w- women look at you differently when you have money right, right. you know right and so you know i you know that sort of happens i didn't have a lot of girlfriends in yeah. high school, i haven't but s- haven't seen it too when you get a badge yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i can imagine <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine oh nice shiny badge oh 
It's oh, a little he, weird. Like, he looked like, oh, he, yeah, he, he has benefits. Right. He's got <laughs> benefits. <laughs> you, got, you got two Audis. I got health insurance. I don't know. Sometimes I'd rather have the Audis because I very rarely <laughs> right, have right, the right. So it'd be kind of nice. Right. Very good cars. Now, can, if you don't mind me asking, where were your parents at this time? Well, my father, my father, uh, my mother and father, uh, they split when we were very, very young. I was, oh, God, I think I just turned four. My brother maybe turned five. My brother and I are only like 10 months apart, 11 oh, yeah, months okay. apart, really, yeah. you know. And so my father, he had issues, and, uh, you know, he he was diagnosed with manic, being manic depressive. Uh, but him and my mother, they separated, and uh, uh, my mother, she started dating someone else, and well, I remember uh, we were standing in, I was four, my brother was five, and uh, we went to my grandparents' house, and my mother said, uh, you know what, I'm going to leave you with your grandparents. Uh, and she uh, went to California, she went to move to California, and really? I was, you know, and so I moved in with my grandparents when I was four, Yeah. Uh, and they raised me, they took custody of my brother and I, and moved, yeah. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so so do you have a relationship with your mom today? I love my my mother just turned seventy uh, December eleventh, and so she's doing awesome. We have a great great relationship. Good. I just bought her a big TV, so she loves me. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, just, she got a sixty five inch TV and put on her. She just moved into a new house, and uh, uh, so she for her seventieth birthday, uh, I bought her. A, uh, 65 mm, so she nice. loves me to death that's right. awesome that's, that's awesome that's i have her spoiled she's spoiled i spoiled my mother that's good never that's good never yeah, gave up on your mom oh no, yeah. no 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 yeah, my mother does, you know yeah. she was gone for a number of years matter of fact uh I, let's see i think she finally moved back to Juliet when i was 16 okay yeah so yeah. i went a number right. of years without my mother my father you know I, he lived a couple blocks away from me but you know he had his issues right right and uh you know, and, you know, we recognized that, you know, uh, early on, you know, my father had a rough upbringing itself. You know, uh, he never had a chance to meet his father. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he, the night that my father was born in, in Mississippi, Duck Hill, Mississippi, his father was on his way to see him and was uh, got into it with a guy. <laughs> this is a story I got from my father's mother, uh, my grandmother. Uh, he got into with a guy, uh, a white gentleman. Uh, oh, now I ain't gonna say gentleman, white guy. <laughs> right, right. right. Kill, <laughs> and they lynched him over supposedly he had stole a loaf of bread. Really? <laughs> and so they found him wow. hanging from a tree with uh, all kind of things done to him. And back then, in the days, uh, that was nineteen. Oh God, it had to be nineteen fifty or forty. 48 or something oh, man. like that. Right. That was a victimless crime back then, yeah. down yeah. Mississippi. Yeah. And uh, they found him hanging from a tree, and my grandparent, my grandmother packed my father up that the next day, and once he found out, she found out that uh, his father had been lynched, uh, she got up out of there. That's hmm. migration know, and I think north. That, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that affected him a lot. I'm sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Like that right. Absolutely. A lot, because right. my father, you know, he was, he was, he was a big dude. Big dude, six six, uh, you know, outstanding football player in, uh, at Joliet Central, and uh, could probably go to one further than that. But you know, he just you know he had some issues going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, 
and uh, he passed away at, when he was 48 years old. Oh, yeah. Wow. He had an aneurysm. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> aneurysm right. at 48. Actually, I was in prison when he passed away. Oh, yeah. right. And so I hadn't talked to my father for probably about, when I got incarcerated, I hadn't talked to him for about maybe seven years. And then the next thing I hear that he's gone. Yeah. So yeah. Did tough. you find that that, you know, even like at all that Nazarene where you're playing ball, you know, did you find that that was the common experience at that time for a lot of blacks, black what? men? To do what? Uh, to, to have that stressful of a life. Like, you know what I mean? You uh, think about it. When I played all of it? Yeah. Like, what were you like? I know kids that go to ONU, as they call it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, buddy of mine I went to school with, his I didn't like all of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's pretty I, it, religious. It, so it, the school it was pretty itself is religious, and I was grew, I grew up in a religious yeah, house. Like a I solid said, reputation you know, academically too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, you know, it was a little different. I went there because uh, number one, they they were willing to pay for my housing. Uh, it was only a part scholarship. They were willing to pay for my house of uh, housing and. I think a little bit of my education. My, my grandparents, they had to pay a little bit. You know, right. they can, I right. can, you know, they can right. pay much, right. but they, right. it wasn't a full ride. And a couple of my other buddies, they had went there and, and like, well, we're going to Olivet. And then I said, well, I got a letter from Olivet and went to Melbourne. I said, well, we're all going to Olivet. Right. And I, neither one of us graduated from Olivet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Neither right. one of us graduated from Olivet. Mm. And, uh, but it was a different experience up there. Mm. They were very, very, very strict. Yeah. Very, very right. strict. Right. So, right. right. I mean, you couldn't sneeze without saying, you know, oh, God, forgive me, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. It was a different right. experience up there. My grandmother would have sat there. <laughs> so, yeah. um, okay, so now you you go to prison. Mm. So... Give us a little experience about that. Like, I mean, we know it's probably different today than it was then, but um, did you find, you know, just give us your experience of that. I mean, oh, well, you know, um, well, my experience in prison was, you know, there's no no such thing as really rehabilitation. You know, they, they you know, I remember my first night, uh, uh, it was uh, December it was in December, uh, and it was snowing, and it was very, very cold. They uh, took us down to uh, uh, Joliet, uh, correct, uh, Joliet when it was open. Right. And, right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we went down there, and we're standing in line. We're standing in line about, uh, we got off the bus. Uh, I just left the county. We got off the bus and everything like that, and probably about 10, 15 people standing in line. And so they had a couple officers up there, about five, six officers up there. And the sergeant, he started calling names, you know, different names. And he called my name. He said, everybody name, when I call your name, you step forward, you know. So we step forward. And uh, he said, for all you guys who coming down who think you're gang chief, this is what we do to a gang chief. And I'm like. I'm looking around. So who is he talking to? Right. You know, and I, and you know, I did have, you know, a, a reputation, a reputation yeah, on the streets. Right. I did have a, you know, uh, with the gang's disciples and everything like that. Uh, what we call as a, a region, a person that l- runs the area. That's, I had worked myself up from the bottom to there. And so how they got that information, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, they had a strip, uh, strip naked, uh, searched us, took us outside, outside in the wintertime uh to a shower and it was freezing cold shower hmm. and uh uh you know brought us back in in shorts they put us in like a just this jumpsuit that was shorts with no underwear no t-shirt or nothing like that and uh 
you know, I guess they were trying to discourage other people, you know, look, we're not, we don't play that down here or whatever the case may be. And the first night they put me in a cell, someone had defecated and urinated in the whole cell, mattress mm. everything. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this, this, this is <laughs> right. what I got to deal right. with, right. you know. Right. And I remember taking, uh, they had a to- roll of toilet paper. I went in there, cleaned out a little spot next to the, the sink. And uh, that's where I slept with for two days until uh, I finally saw a captain that knew me. Uh, his son had, uh, his son was a vice lord. And his son was murdered. And uh, he and I played uh, football together. Really? Uh, hmm. We had played football really? together in high school. And when I saw the captain, uh, uh, you know, uh, he, uh, I said, hey, do you remember me? And he was like, shut up. I said, hey, <laughs> I called his name. <laughs> right, right. I called his name. You know, he's gone now. He, I don't, you know, he's deceased now. But I don't want to, you know, I, I said, hey, captain, do you remember me? And he came back. He said, yeah, I know you. I said, remember I came to your son's funeral? He said, yeah. Because, you know. Back then, we were warring so bad with the gangsters, gangsters and vice. So it was a gangster that killed his son, right. and I was the only gangster that came to his funeral. Right. You know, yeah, because we, you know, I was really close to him. And um, he's like, "Yeah, I know who you are." I said, "You can't do me like this. You can't. Right. You can't. You right. know me. You can't. Right. You can't put me like in here like yeah. this." And he walked away. And he didn't even say anything. He just looked at me and walked away. And about an hour later, they came and took me out of the cell and finally got me something to eat and cleaned me up and put me in a clean cell and everything like that. So I'm like, if this is the first night of prison like this, I said, I might as well die right now. Right. <laughs> so right. Right. Well, I mean, it goes back to the idea of, like, you, even in the state that you're in, as you described how violent and, you know, largely lawless it was, a good act. Mm-hmm. later on amounted to something for you oh yeah you know yeah. what i mean like if you didn't know him you would have been living in that cell i mean it would have been a bad experience yeah, down really at Correct. It was that, uh, i hate even right. riding by there now you right. know that they got it as a haunted a haunted yeah, house yeah, now it sure is they, haunted. yeah they could have tore it down for me i think so it was a your yelp rev- your yelp review would not be good <laughs> right, right. Nah, right. Be, yeah. i don't think so <laughs> because right. actually when i left there won't stay they here sent again. me to uh they after i left there they sent me to sterling uh, Mount Sterling. Oh, yeah. yeah. And when I got there, uh, when I got there, I found out I had walking pneumonia. So oh, I was geez. in the hospital wow. for a whole week. <laughs> with yeah, right. There you so go. When I, you I should have probably been there two weeks, but they kicked me out. Right. Week. I had walking pneumonia. When you did go in there, I mean, I, you're saying obviously they did know who you were? They are no what, the yeah, yeah. I mean, you had a yes, reputation, yeah. obviously, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So did it, did it change? Did it work to your advantage? Did it? Help with anything? Well, yeah, and, and Joliet? Yeah. No, or, no, or, no. Or at all? Well, during, no, during no. Your Joliet, time. no. Joliet didn't help me. <laughs> Joliet didn't help me at all. <laughs> I, was glad, right. I was glad to get up out of there. But it, it, it still follows you. Your reputation follows you. You know, when, you know, you go to another institution or, or whatever the case may be, they know who you are. You right. know, and yeah. everything right. like that. And you know, with my short stint of of being in the street, I I got to know a lot of people. Sure. A lot of well known name people. Um, but you hu- well, you hustled to a region, so yeah. you, know, you, <laughs> right. you weren't exactly. sitting around. That's no, for I wasn't sure. Sitting around, and uh, so even uh, uh, so, your reputation does follow you, and so even when you go into prison, you have to, you know, you go in there. Okay, I'm not going to be a victim. My mind, for my mindset was, look, I'm not, I'm not going to be nobody's victim. I'm going to be the victimizer. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't go into prison saying, "Oh, you know, right. you know." No, I I went in saying, "Okay, I'm going to be survived. I'm, I'm going to survive, and I'm going to run it, and I'm going to be the beast that's here." Right. You know, right. and so I did some things in prison that I'm not proud of. You know, there's there's some people got hurt. Uh, I've seen a lot of people hurt. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, it 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 wasn't. You know, a couple of prisons I got kicked up out of. <laughs> right. I, I and that's I, not an easy I, task. I, I, that's not an easy task. <laughs> Getting I, evicted I, from I a did, prison. Right, right. I, I did like, my wow. tour. And I and did my tour. And there's no 30-day notice. No, no, it wasn't like that. I did my tour. I, I think I did. In eight years and nine, I was sentenced to 22 years, so I served eight years, nine months. Uh, but I think I visited over, and I say visited, <laughs> uh, over six, seven different prisons. Wow. Yeah. Okay. During... During your you know, during your stretch, was there anybody that was that you felt helped you out, or was it just surviving yes. it out? Yes, yes, it was, it was. Uh, you know, when I first went to Mount Sterling, there was this these, uh, and I can't even remember their name, but it was a a, a lady and a, a older gentleman. Uh, they were captains, and for some odd reason, they gravitated to me. But I was still, you know, my mind was still street. You know, I'm, you know. And they want to get me in school and focus and everything like that. And, you know, and it started off working, but then I was still, okay, I'm still a, the gangster in the pot. You know, I have to, you know, and I ended up getting kicked up out of Mount Sterling. Um, but the the gentleman that helped me, and, I, and I've been looking for him and looking for him, I had uh, uh, went to, uh, what was his name, Lincoln. I was in Lincoln uh, Correctional Center. And the warden down there, uh, his name was Warden Scott. I will say his name, Warden Scott. Uh, I don't know how I did. Well, I was, I was in school, and uh, I was uh, working um, as a tender. Uh, you know, they had a store up front. So I was, you know, selling candy to the officers that come through and right. stuff like that. Right. I, you know, I don't know how I got that job. <laughs> and... Uh, Somehow he gravitated to me, and uh, I probably had about two and a half, three years left, I think. And uh, now during that time, do you think you were going to do your full twenty-two, or you knew, you knew you were going to get no, out? No, no, no. I knew it with with school, good time, and everything okay. like that. I, was right. com- I had a second degree murder and a uh, first degree, uh, second degree murder and a class one drug. Okay. Uh, so uh, you knew it was going to be eight and so a half. I knew it, okay. Yeah, no, right. well, I was hoping it had been less than that, right. but you know, I, you know. Um, well, you got kicked out of six time. prisons. So. <laughs> right, yeah, you right, know. Right. But let's not regress. Go ahead yeah, with the story. Yeah, you know, <laughs> things happen. Um, but I should have been home before then. But, uh, um, yeah, so anyway, this warden, he gravitated to me. And, you know, he just started talking to me and everything like that. And um, uh, I was also, uh, 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 he would he would just, he would come around and he would just talk to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he was a black warden. And uh, we became friends. And he said, look, I like you. He said, I don't know what it is about you. He said, but I like you. He said, you're almost like, he said, you're almost like my little nephew. Hmm. And he said, I'm going to make sure no matter what, you're going to, you're going to go through this. And I was still doing some things, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, you know, Um, but he was, he was all over on top. He made sure that you know, I, I went to school on time. I did this. I did that. You know, he would talk. And he said, I just want you to come up out of this a different person. 
And a lot of the conversations, we would sit, <laughs> I was sitting in the warden's office with him. You know, I, he would call me up to his office, and we would sit there, and we'd just talk a long time. And get, mm. You know, great guy, great guy. And so with his uh, uh, kind of putting me, with him putting me up on his wing, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of like uh, made me like, okay, Garland, there's no way you can come back here. You know, mm-hmm. there's no way you can come back. So was that kind of like the flipping switch when you met this gentleman? That that was that was a switch. Okay, that was a switch because before the end, I was in. Uh, oh God, I went to Dixon. I kicked up out of Dixon. Uh, Nobody gets I, kicked out of Dixon, bro. <laughs> I got kicked up out of Dixon. Right. Nobody's ever gotten kicked. I, You're I, the I, first I, one. I got kicked up out of Dixon. I got kicked up out of Dixon <laughs> for um, uh, internal affairs investigation. <laughs> and. Uh, and but and that was a co-ed place, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, so I got kicked up out of it. I remember when I went to Shawnee. I remember <laughs> I went to Shawnee. Uh, where did I get kicked out of? I got kicked out of somewhere and went to Shawnee. And uh, when we were in there, when we got off the bus and everything like that, and they got the interview and internal affairs got the interview, and so, and, and the warden down in Shawnee came through there, and he called my name out. He said, "Garland." He said, uh, "He said, Mays." B five two zero zero two. That's the number that you'll never forget. You know, right? Yeah, that's, right. that's like a rifle. Right. My dad yeah, knows it from <laughs> Vietnam. Right. You know, you just, it's just that name, that number will always stick with you. He said, "Your next stop is Menard." I'm like, "What, Menard? What?" And uh, I said, "I don't want to go to Menard. <laughs> right, right. I'm already further, you know, far south as it is, you know." And uh, but Warden Scott was a, he was the light switch because you know like. You know, the warden in Shawnee, he would only call me when we were on lockdown. Right. Uh, I remember one time we were on lockdown. Let uh, me guess, to settle it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I 20 was years in, on the job, bro. <laughs> 20 years on the job. I was in Unit 3. And I was in Unit 3, and uh, 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 there was a big uh, fight in Unit 2. And we were on lockdown for almost a month and a half. And so the warden, uh, sergeant comes knock at my door. Now, they know that I'm... By then, I'm the institutional ILC for Gangster Disciples, so I'm third in, third in command and uh, over that penitentiary. And uh, so he calls me, and he says, uh, well, no, they sent a sergeant to the door. <laughs> he sent a sergeant to the door. He knocks on the door. He said, Mays, get dressed. The warden wants to see you. I said, who? He said, the warden wants to see you. I said, tell the warden I'm not coming nowhere to see him. He can come see me. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> F him and, you know. You know. Yeah. Don't and you know who I am? Yeah. 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 Right. Tell me, he can well, come they, see they, me. They definitely knew who he was. Yeah, he can come see me. He said, okay. He leaves about 15 minutes later. Maze, get dressed. I look outside. It's a sergeant, lieutenant, a couple other officers. They stand outside the door. The warden wants you now. I said, I'm not coming without my, <laughs> my cellmate. I said, so he's coming with me. He said, I don't want to go. I said, you coming with me? <laughs> you got to be a witness. Why am I getting rolled up in this? Oh, no. I, I'm coming now. I'm, I am. I'm, I will come, but I'm not coming by myself. And uh, so he, we went up there, and he said, you know, I, it really hurts, you know, this institution that we're on lockdown. I'm like, okay, so what they got to do with me? He said, you know, Unit 2 has been an issue and blah, 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 and you know, um, he said, what do you think about if we try to open up the institution, but, uh, and, you know, there's another fight, and we have to go back on lockdown? I said, I, it, doesn't, it wouldn't make me a difference. He said, but 
don't aren't you tired of being in the cell? I said, yeah, I'm tired of being in the cell. You know, you had you have you guys are barely feeding us. You're not letting us go to the store. Blah blah blah. He said, well, I tell you what, I need you to go to unit two, get it cleaned up for me, and then, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. I said, what? I said, you sending me unit two because but you already threatened to send me to Menard, and they knew I was like an enforcer, mm-hmm. and uh, he was like. Whatever happens in unit two, you're not going to Menard. <laughs> that was the deal. <laughs> I, said, okay. I said, but you're going to leave my cell open in unit three. I said, when I'm done, I'm coming back. He said, no one will take your cell. So I went back, packed my stuff, went to unit two. We came off lockdown. Um, within 48 hours, there were some people going to SIG. <laughs> <laughs> they were going to SIG. Uh, uh, you know, I got a crew uh, of people, and we cleaned it up. And uh, it wasn't nice. Right. It wasn't nice. So now this the switch in your head flips. You got these captains that are taking care of you. What's going through your head now? When I was at Chunny. Yeah, when you're ready to, like, you met these guys, or to, they're taking care of you. He's like, your, you know, you're like his nephew. Oh, you're talking about that at, at, at uh, uh, Lincoln. At Lincoln. Okay. So what's going through your head? Like, now I need to get out, and then now what do I do? You know, it was just the conversations I had with him. And then it was also a psycho- my psychologist teacher, because I was also taking class down there. I, I was taking a psych. You know, it was a guy from, uh, I think he was from Ghana. I think he's from Ghana. And we would, uh, the warden, first of all, he gave me, <laughs> he gave me and this other guy, uh, my buddy KC, he gave us full carte blanche. I was the only one able to walk right out the prison doors, walk out past the guard tower, walk out to the highway and just stand out there and watch cars come back and forth. Hmm. And, uh, you know, he trusted us that much, you know. And uh, none of the officers, uh, they knew not to touch us, no matter what we did. You know, I remember one time he went on vacation. He was going on vacation uh, to Florida. Florida, matter of fact. He was taking his family to Florida. And so he calls us up there and he has the captain up there. He said, when I leave, he said, I'm leaving on vacation. He said, when I come back, these two better still be here. No matter what goes on, they better be here. And they're like, okay. And they're looking at each other like, what the hell? Right, right. You know, but he, he gave them strict directions that nothing was to happen to us. But it was a conversation that, you know, uh, you know, he's, the conversation he was giving us, giving me, rather, was like he was just tired of seeing the recidivism. Mm-hmm. He was tired of that in his many years of being, uh, you know, in DOC. And um, he really wanted to – I think he knew he was at the last bit of his career. And, you know, I don't know why he really gravitated to myself and to my friend named KC, but, you know, he really was – he became like my big uncle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I got a chance to meet his family you know everything like that and it was just a crazy experience but uh he really encouraged me i'm like is this the life i want to live where i just keep going in and out of prison mm-hmm. or do i want to change some things you know and uh i said i don't i don't want this life anymore i don't want this life after after eight years or so i just said i don't want this life no more right right you know and uh can I ask you when you mm-hmm. when all that was going on and obviously you were seeing something positive was coming out of this and you were thinking about making a change, were you getting grief from other people 
inside that like, oh, what, you know, hey, why is the warden, you know, no, are you, are you, you buddying know, up with him or anything like that? Were, or was it? You know what? I was still, uh, <laughs> it's funny because at the time my, my brother was incarcerated with me and uh, uh, another good friend I grew up with, his, his brother was down there with me. And, but everyone around there, uh, <laughs> they loved me. They looked at me as, as big brother. You know, yeah, right. I mean, I, I I did what I wanted to do. I kept everybody in line. Uh, uh, you know, everybody looked up to me. As a matter of fact, funny, I, I just talked to a couple of days ago. I talked to uh, a guy. He was down there with us. I hadn't talked to him probably in God since I left Lincoln. Um, you know, I, I I talked to him and it, we just got to reminiscing about everything. He's like, Garland, you 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 were really the man down there, you know. <laughs> I'm like, was I really? You know, um, but uh, no, they didn't. No, it wasn't like that. Lincoln was more medium minimum. Okay, yeah. It was the other institutions where I had the problem, like Danville and Shawnee and uh, the Mount Sterling and uh, where else was I? couple other places i was at centralia i was in yeah. centralia yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. a place like that you know it it was it was it was a little rough there but it was it was no no issues yeah. no issues no issues at all i was still looked at like you know wow you know look, he's got a rapport with everybody yeah here, it's good so, so if you were just in listening to this and just sitting here and thinking about it like you remove certain terms and phrases and you're talking about success in the business world that everybody in the world would want to know what you're doing to get to that point like the story of being able to stand by the roadway <laughs> like, right. I, uh, right. what that doesn't uh, even sound real but it happened I mean, it, it, it happened and it, it's the crazy thing about it you know i don't mean to cut you off you know when um you know every uh Lincoln was a place where uh, they would do like a lot of transfer, uh, transfers or whatever, like that case. You know, they would bring in, and so what they were, what they were doing was they would raise money by doing uh, uh, cookouts. Right. And so I'd be out there at my bench, eating out there with you know the, whatever they had steaks and everything like that right. out there. I right. go up to the grill, put me a right. steak on the plate. Hey, go sit right. down and eat. Right. And, uh, and you know, other guards, you know, from different other places, they come looking like. Who is this guy sitting out here eating? You know, <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> right. you know and, and and you know they would they just walk by me and look at me like who is you know and I'm just sitting out there eating you know and everything like that <laughs> right. and, you know right. and you know and then you know the guards in the tower you know they see me walking by seven eight o'clock at night see me walking by hey Garland where you going I said I'm going out to highway I'll be back hey all right take care <laughs> see you later you know right, right. you know I'm walking past don't get run over yeah, yeah you know right. and, but that was just like you know. You, know, you, you it, earned that. Yeah, it was like right. I don't know if I earned it or he just. I did earn it because there was, uh, I did earn it. But then it was just like a, it was like a gift to me. You know, mm-hmm. it was like gifted. To, you know, why me? You know, yeah. right. And and that was part of the change. It's like, why is this guy who I don't even know about uh, uh, giving me so much privilege and uh, trusting me so much? And because he saw something in me, mm-hmm. right, right. That, that was the bottom line. He saw, and he told me he saw something in me. Yeah. And uh, we had a uh, Augustus Scott is his name, and so I, I, I've been looking for him, looking for him. He's retired now, probably in Florida, you know, <laughs> living a life. But uh, you know, I've been really looking for him just to have a conversation with him. And uh, yeah, he he just really trusted me. And uh, yeah. 
So now, so you're getting close to your end of your stretch and stuff, and this is this you see you feel these positive changes coming, and so far it seems like this portion of your life um, is, you know, is good contacts with law enforcement and stuff, which is you know which is awesome as compared to where you started, and I've already learned three different things just by talking to you already. So now you get out. Mm-hmm. Now you have to you're looking and going okay. I could go make five thousand dollars a week back to doing what I was doing, <laughs> yeah. Or I could go to school and and proceed with your story. What kind of like made you say? I mean, I just don't want to go back, or what was it? You know, when I came home, I was de- December. T- uh, I remember I came home two days after Christmas, and uh, you know, I was supposed to have been home before then, but I came home two days after Christmas, and when I walked through that door and. I saw, you know, my grandparents were coming to see me as much as they possibly could. Even though they were older, they would come see me and everything like that. They were, they played a huge part in, uh, in, 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 uh, my sanity. Right. Uh, you know, knowing that they were fine. So when I came through that door for the first time after all those years and I saw my grandfather sitting there waiting for me, that was the backbreak. That was the deal yeah. right there, you know, because I never wanted to let him down you right. know i never want to let my grandparents down and i remember going straight to him and just crying like a baby you know and asking him for the forg- forgive me mm-hmm. and at the words he told me he said son it's okay it's okay yeah you know and he said but well, the man eight years nine months earlier wouldn't have done that i wouldn't have done okay that. i wouldn't have done that I, I you know but he never gave up the, my grandparents never gave up on me you know, they always, you know, even when I was in the streets and they saw, you know, the money coming in and everything like that, they saw me driving the different cars and, you know, they heard so many different other things that was going on. You know, they never would write me off. You know, right. they never did write right. me off. Right. And so, uh, you know, you have a lot of parents who just say, okay, I'm done with, th- I'm done with Junior. Right. Junior, I'm done. You're right. dead to me. Right. You know, yeah. and, and that's the worst part you can do is write your child off, yeah. you know. Once they feel like they're written off, then no, nobody cares for me. No one loves right. me, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter whether I live right. or die. Right. You know? See, that's like a catch-22 because, that, I mean, this is a whole other show uh, on accountability and responsibility. And, right. And where, like, even as even as policemen, where, you know, we try and we try and they, you know, the people we deal with on a daily basis don't want to make it better. At what point do we just say, all right, then screw it. You know, every time I'm going to come, I'm not going to talk to you, I'm going to take you to jail. Right. If I have the opportunity and the legal means to do it, you're going because we're not out here. I mean, that's, so. but again, that's a whole different show. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But, um, but that's that's good that they, they, they never give up. Garl, hey, hey, I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you, it sounds like you had a lot of support networks. Did yeah. you find that common for other inmates? Did you see the guys that just stayed angry dogs that can't just get past it? Like you said, like you could have gone one way, you went the other. Did you find that there was like a lot yeah. of support networks yeah. with like the wardens uh, uh, and these captains and then obviously your grandparents? Yeah, you know, the people, some people you came across uh, while you were incarcerated, you knew that they had, there was no one there for them. Right. There was no one there for them. Right. You knew that soon as they get back out they they were going back to the same area same you know lifestyle if they can get back that way mm-hmm. you just knew that right you know they didn't have those people coming to visit them or someone to call they were always trying to hustle someone you know in prison for something you know right they were they were hustling in prison you know right. trying to stay survive right and so you knew they had no one 
you know, you know, when I was in Dixon, we wore our own street clothes. You know, we were getting clothes sent in through the back door. Really? Oh, yeah. Right. You know, uh, we were able to uh, <laughs> we were able to get boxes sent in to where, you know, it would look like it's going to laundry, but it was for us. So mm-hmm. that so scene from Goodfellas where they were getting lobsters and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah. That's That's not Hollywood. That's not Hollywood. That's not Hollywood. That's not Hollywood. He would cut the garlic so fine yeah. on the radio. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I watched that. I watched that the other day. Good. I love it. But I imagine in some ways, in some way, like obviously that's a, a, you know, a violation of the rules. But oh, in some way. Yeah, in some way, a little bit. But it, in other ways, it brought some maybe sense of sanity, a lack of violence, you know, this this sense of loss of like you're dehumanized in that process, like. It, it may have helped. So yeah. if you're in charge of that, and like we're not trying to knock the prison system here, like right. you got to measure that. Like, what am I gonna? Wh- am I gonna die on every hill with these guys? Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. And then before you know it, everybody's lost. You're yeah. not one. You're not. You know, like you're a leader of these guys. These guys in the joint are gonna come to you and go, "Girl, I mean, what are we putting up with this for?" Yeah. And then you know, you're gonna have to make some of those concessions. And I think at times, in listening to you, it really makes sense for what we're all trying to do here and that is like this is about in some ways concessions yes like if you constantly go well we're giving up like we talked about this with the riots the riots were mm-hmm. oh you know the riots this and riots that and we're going to come out and just drop the hammer on these people and yeah. do this and do that well yeah. now we're just making it all hard again let's see what it is and see at what point people are willing to kind of go with this and break yeah. well when you looked at the riots and everything that was going on you know it, it, it was it was not good at all. First of all, you, you looked at the George Floyd situation, and I think every officer I talked to was just sick to their stomach about it. Yep. But then you had these people that came out to take advantage of, of the situation. You know, was it were they rioting about George Floyd, or was it rioting just to, you know, st- steal a Gucci bag? Right. You know, and I think that's what it was. You know, um, is you know in social media. It's, it's really, really just hurt uh, not only law enforcement, but it just hurt everyone, everyone that's, in, you know, uh, everyone that's involved. Social media has become a platform. And I'm on social media because, you know, the things that I'm into, you know, uh, uh, you know, the social work that I'm into. But it, social media has become such a, uh, a bitter pill to watch sometimes. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, you see what was happening in Minneapolis and, and, and all these other, you know, Chicago and everywhere else where, where, you know, police are just, you know, off, officers are being, Oh, you MF, you know, you this, you this, and they're supposed to stand up there and just take that. You mm-hmm. know, you know, I have, I have a cousin that's a Chicago police officer, you know, and he was up there with the right. And, you know, some of the stories he come back with, he'd been on the force two years. Yeah, and to hear some of the stories that he had to go through is just like, yeah. you know, it's just it's sickening. Yeah. You know, and right. you don't know yeah. nothing about him. You know, right. he's a great kid. Right. You know, he's you right. know, you know, uh, great kid. You know, he's just you know just want to you know serve and and to call him everything but a child of God. It's it's just it's ridiculous. Hmm. You know, it's just ridiculous. You know, I think everyone lost on that. I think everyone. You yeah. know, the the focus of what was going on. I think. Uh, it did, what what was happening is taking the focus off what the real exactly. problem was, right. and that's we had a chance. And we, we had a chance. We had a chance, and lost. Yeah, we talked about it mm-hmm. and, and said that you know when that started happening. Now, it, you know, look, people are justified in being angry. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I yeah. mean, like you look at this over and over yeah. and over again. You think when are these cops going to get it? Like yeah. when is somebody going to make a good decision? When is somebody going to not be, be so tone deaf? 
But then what happens is then people start living in fear. Yeah. Say, oh, I'm buying a gun. I'm getting this. I'm getting that. Yeah. Long term, these are things like, hey, I, I believe in people being armed. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, just like all of a sudden now, like I think we should start letting thirteen-year-olds drive because you know <laughs> I don't want to drive. I'm too busy. These are like we are like starting to spread in out into things that I think long term or we're really going to suffer. I, I agree. I agree. I think long term is it, we're spreading it way too thin, right. way too thin. Right. And I think that our politicians are not helping the situation at all. Right. You I know, agree. They, they're, you not. Know. Yeah. No, they're not. They're not. <laughs> they're not. So now, so now you're out. You come home. You're there after Christmas. You see your grandfather. He forgives you. Now, now what? Now I go into a tunnel for a whole 30 days. I took a whole 30 days or 40, day, 40 days. I was already set in my mind that I'm not going anywhere. I'm not right. leaving the house. You know, I'm, I'm you know, just, just try to get my mind together. A little bit. You know, I'm not taking any visitors, you know, except my, you know, my kids or, you know, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, even, even women. I don't even want to see a one, you know. <laughs> You know, crazy. <laughs> but, uh, what? Yeah, you know. But I, I was just, you know, I was just trying to really focus on, on, you know, getting my head back together, getting yeah. acquainted back to, to life, you know, and, uh, uh, and so it, it was an adjustment. It was an adjustment. Uh, you know, I had old friends come trying to come see me. They heard I was home, you know, and everything like that. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. One guy, you know, when I finally started moving around, he got in touch with me. And uh, he's like, come see me, come see me. So, you know, I met him down on the uh, on the east side, towards the east side of Joliet. And he said, man, I'm going to give you something for coming home. I said, okay, what you got? He gave me $1,000, and then he had four and a half ounces of cocaine, in the, you know, all together. I said, uh, I, said I, I can't do nothing with that. He said, what are you talking about? He said, man, I said, man, I, he said, you, don't, you won't owe me nothing. I said, I appreciate it, but no. I said, I'll take the money. I need the money. Right, right, <laughs> I, I right. really do need the money. Right, right. You know, I'll take the money. I said, but I, I'm done with that life. Yeah. You know, and it, there was no way that I was going back to, and I could have so easily on many different levels went back to that. Uh, but uh, So why do you think, like, to now you, you hear everybody that does, the, I don't want to say the same situation, but they're out and they had that decision to make. What? Was it just the you know the people that 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 helped you out in when you were at IDOC? Was it your grandfather? I mean, what just made you stand fast? It was me. It was me not wanting to ever hurt my grandparents again. Mm-hmm. That was the main. It it you know the thought of me hurting them again. Right. I wouldn't have been able to survive, and that was my. That was my. my that was that was my 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 thing. So what do you think separated you from other people? Like what 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 separates you from like I really care that I don't want to hurt my grandparents to people that we encounter or people that were probably back in your day that like I just don't care. Well, they didn't have that foundation. They didn't have a foundation to come back to. Like I said, you know, not everyone is uh, you know, fortunate enough to to grow up in a a nice household and you know make a mistake and come back to that same household some people would raise up into a very bad situation then some people are just stupid you some people just stupid on both sides of the floor the police world gives you plenty of some people are just stupid you know they just feel like oh well i was i did this when i was out so i can come back and or you know only did a year and a half and i'm going back you know you're just making stupid decisions, right. you know. And with me, that was my my catalyst. I'm never going to hurt them again. And I, I you know, I, 
it wasn't the thought of, well, I'm scared to go back to prison. You know, I'm, I'm you know, a couple months out, I'm still in prison right, mentally. Right, right. You know, yeah. you know. So, but that that was not uh, the 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 factor for me. The factor was me not ever disrespecting my grandparents again. And this was they were my my foundation. You know, mm-hmm. my family, you know, was my foundation. And so they coming home to them, I knew that I did not ever want to leave them like that again. So from from the, the policeman's point of view, when we're mm-hmm. dealing with people in the streets, that, that that's one of the things that we kind of want to hope to maybe to give them is some type of foundation. Like, and, and I don't want to say like a parent or you know a family, but maybe a safe haven is what I'm thinking of. I mean, I don't like some place. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what the word is, but yeah, there's really no word for it because I, I, the position that I'm in right now, I'm I've. I've <laughs> you know, I've been through citizen police uh, 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 class before I did that. You know, I've worked with, uh, uh, I've talked to many officers all throughout the whole state. I've been o- over places, uh, many places. Um, your job is not to be someone's mother or father on the street. Your job is to protect and serve. And And some people you're going to be able to change their life. The young kids, you know, some people you're going to be able to change their lives. Some people are just not going to get it. Right. You know, uh, and it's very unfortunate, you know. Uh, I work with a lot of officers, uh, NOPT officers, uh, neighborhood or uh, neighborhood patrol officers, and, and, you know, they do a lot of outreach to younger kids to try to grab them at a young, a young age and, you know, just show them, look, you know, this is about life you know we're going to take you camping you know here there shopping whatever the case may be but at the end of the day uh you can't save everybody right right you, know, it, you it, need to be realistic right. you, you have to hey, be you realistic. try to do good things for people and and you, provide yeah. opportunities but you got to realize that you got not be, everybody's going to take exactly. it. right sometimes they're just bad people and sometimes there's people some, that just don't want to take that you know take the uh help you everybody, offer. everybody in that process needs to be looked at like garland you were in prison yeah. I, you were in charge. You uh, to a warden, you'd be like, "Man, uh, this guy's." You know, I'm the warden. I'm in charge. But there was something in you that shone through yeah. that made him see you as an individual and yeah. not part of a group. Well, we're all doing that to each other yeah. right now. We're all doing well. You're cops, so therefore you must yeah. be racist, even if you're a black cop. Yeah, right, right, you know, that right, kind right. of thing. Um, you know, we do it because, oh, well, you're you're in a gang, and mm-hmm. I can't recognize it. Maybe I can get to you being part of this. Like, you know, we all got to do a better job of yes. just looking at individuals. This group think. This group mentality is is what yes. really is distinctly un-American. Like yep. I don't the the idea that we're a democracy is yep. lost on people. The fact is that we really are a republic that looks out for the rights of the individual, yep. Yep. and we as cops got to go. This dude is different from that dude, yep. and just because they're running together doesn't mean that I should treat them both the same way. Right. Your friends can get you in a ton of trouble, yeah. right. both cops yep. and you know yeah. the civilians. Yeah. Right. And we need to be better about that. As and I, I agree. I agree. You need that, most definitely that has to be better done better because you know just because you see me, you know you can't group everybody into the same category. You know, uh, all black men steal. You know, right. or, or or all 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 Latinos are, you know, use drugs. You, you you can't do that. You really can't do that. You know, the funny thing about it is, is that, uh, uh you know, I, if several months ago, uh, uh, I was driving home, and uh, last year, last year I was driving home, and I have a BMW, and uh, uh, I'm driving home, and our officer 
see, I passed an officer, a JPD officer. I passed him. And he goes down, do a U-turn, and flies up behind me. And, and I said, oh, okay, what is he doing, you know? And so I'm driving down my street, and he's right on my bumper. He's reading my plates or whatever the case may be. So I pull over. I pull over. And I guess he read my plates. Oh, that's Garland. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, that's, right. that's, you know, that's Commissioner Mays. That's Garland. Right, right, right. You know? And so, you know, I wouldn't advise this to anybody else, but I, I get out the car. <laughs> you know, right. I, and he pulls. He's about to go around. I said, oh, no, no, stop, stop, right, stop. Right, right, right. You know, let's talk. Let's talk. Right. He's like, oh, okay. How you doing, Mr. Mays? I said, okay. You know, I said, oh, you know who I am, right? Yeah. Let's pull over. Let's talk. So we get a, I said, well, why, why did you follow? Why did you U-turn and follow me like that? He said, well, you know, we, I saw you drive by me and, you know, in, in a nice car. He said, I didn't recognize you. I said, but I can't drive a nice car right. if I'm a black man. Right. You know, and we just got to having a dialogue. He, he and I are pretty good friends, but it now, we, you know, we have a, not good friends, but we have a, we're cordial. And, uh, you know, but it, it made me understand that, you know, sometimes we're put in the groups, you know, right. of, uh, uh, of, you know, you know, like earlier you said, you know, me walking through uh, 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 a high end store. Right. You know, and, you know, uh, you know, or being followed because you think I'm going to steal something, mm-hmm. you know. It, it well, I think there's something that, I mean, the, civ- the civilian world has to understand, too, that if you were a guy with a BMW driving down a a notorious place where they're so dope, we're going to follow you anyway. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean, yeah, so yeah. It, it's all about, you know, the whole the totality of everything that's going on, too. You know, circumstances of what's going on. Those are like those circumstances where that necessarily. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. But, I mean, you're not the first person to bring that up to us yeah, yeah. Uh, since we've been doing this and since we've been on the job. So, obviously, there's some concern about it. You know, uh, our last guest talked to us about some of the similar things. And, you know, a lot of what we do can be misconstrued, but a lot of what we do may be founded in some things, you know, no. I mean, especially mm-hmm. concerns and like the idea that like what I found when I've been accused of that, uh, I've tried to explain to people, yeah. here's what I did, why I did. And you can, and I think that's where the, the the dialogue has to start right, right then and yeah. there, right. you know, because you know, then you get, to, you have, Oh, it's just racist. It's racist. You know, this and this, and, you know, no, everything is not done as a racist, you know, I, I'm not going to, I try to look at the good of a person before I look at the bad of a person. Right, and right. I'm, maybe I'm just that naive that I think there's good in some of everybody. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just that naive to believe that. I believe, I actually mm-hmm. believe that there's good in some of everybody, but you know, until they prove me wrong. Right. Uh, uh, but you know, you, you have to have those conversations and those dialogues, you know, m- my, um, dealings with law enforcement, you know, I know that there's some great officers out there. There's some really, really great officers out there. Then I also know we have some bad officers out there. Mm-hmm. We have some bad officers out there. And what makes those, and this is how good officers are grouped with bad cops. We talk about grouping. Right. Right? When the good cop, when a good officer doesn't straighten out the bad cop. Mm-hmm. When they see him doing something that's, yeah, maybe you shouldn't do that, mm-hmm. you know, or cover up for that bad cop, then the good officer is automatically looked at as a bad cop. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I mean, it's a valid argument when you look at that across the board in any profession. Like I talked about this numerous times before, the NFL. 
Yeah. Oh, God, we labeled yes. everybody in the NFL to be like Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. 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 And like, man, when this first started, you got to yeah. pay attention. Yeah. Um, he was the only guy doing it. Mm-hmm. And then we all said, oh, well, all the NFL is in grace. You know, they all beat no. their women and they all yeah. freaking yeah. kneel. And, you know, you like you said. Un-American. You, yeah. You live, no patriotic. Up, you'll yeah. live up to the low expectations that society sent for you because mm. you get angry about it. You get yeah. like you like we're accused as cops a lot of times of all being racist or all not being willing to step up to a guy and deal with it. And there are a lot of different factors that uh, that go into that. In my experience and these guys experience, we have done that with officers like, man, mm. you're out of line. Dude. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, way bad. Yeah, right. But that's not highly publicized. You're never going to hear about it. Right. And, you know. There's union environments and things yeah, like that. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. But the idea of that is that it's got to be more aware. Mm-hmm. And, and you talked about having conversations. And these got to, I mean, other than things like this, how do you see an ordinary street cop from your experience being now where you're at? And that story you just told was pretty good, like getting out of the car and things like that. Um, how do you see that happening? How do you, how do you, what are some of the forms, what are some of the ideas that you have for that? Well, uh, well, we actually did a, a few things, you know, in, in our neighborhood, uh, Forest Park neighborhood, which they call, referred to as a hill. It was one of the worst areas of crime areas that you can think about. You know, there was a lot of shooting, drug dealing, murders, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. And so through the neighborhood, uh, our neighborhood, uh, um, committee we had started developing plans of having meetings we were having meetings once a month and we would invite the i'd invite the chief police up there the mayor uh lieutenants everybody i would invite them to this meeting to hear what the residents would have to say you know and this was part of the neighborhood program program of course but we wanted to bring people together to say look here these are not your enemies yeah you know just because they have this uniform, and they, I said, but we need to have this dialogue on. Okay, let's 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 talk to them about the issues and let's hear them out. Let's give them a chance to, you know, you can't just mute them out. Right. You know, when 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 you hear of a sub situation that's going on, you know, we're quick to say some people are quick to to just close their ears to. Oh, that's what happened. To, no, no, let's 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 have these conversations, and. Uh, and so we were able to do that. And not only were the officers listening to the residents, the residents were able to listen to the officers. Uh, state's attorney, I had, I had James Glasgow at one yeah, of my meetings, yeah, you yeah. know. And, you know and, and I've been to his office. I said, you know. Big yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, right yeah I've had him at my, yeah, you know. And right. I said, James, it's funny, you, you locked me up and now right. we're talking. Right, right, <laughs> you <know>? exactly. <laughs> you know, and uh, I've been to his office, beautiful office too. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, but I had him up there, you know. I've had uh, uh, Sheriff Mike Kelly. Yep. You know, I had him out to my great guy. Great. Yeah. Mike, Mike yep. is a great guy. Mm-hmm. And I've been out to his office. And uh, this comes for us having these conversations. You know, never would I would have thought, you know, 20 years ago <laughs> right. Right. that, you know, people who I looked at upon as my enemy are actually my well, the partnership. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, no, I, you know, I, Mike and I are friends. Yeah. You know, right. I, yeah. I, right. I, you know I'm. I got Mike's personal cell phone. Right. You know, yeah, I, I yeah. got, you know, I got, right. I can call James. Yeah. Right, you know, I right. can call, I can call state's attorney. Right. You know, I, I can, you know, the last couple of chiefs in Joliet, I, I, I know them personally. I, yeah. you know, I know their families, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, and many others, you know, that I, we've developed this relationship, but, but it was all through conversation. Yeah. You know, and me opening doors to have those conversations. Uh, to having them have those conversations to residents. You know, not everyone, you know, would listen. 
you know, some people sure. are just going to yeah. be tunnel vision to, you know, what they used to seeing on TV and right. what they've been through. You know, some of the experiences they had. Yeah. You know, we have some, you know, I have a few residents who, who things have happened to them in the past. And they won't let it go. Yeah, right. they don't want. They, they, they can't yeah. let it. They can't get past that. Right. And, I, and I, I respect that. Sure. I respect yeah. that. Yeah. But how can you not move forward if you're still stuck on something that, you know? Well, they pulled me over and they tore my car up and, you know, and and and, and they kicked my dog and, <laughs> you know. Well, Frisky died twenty years ago. <laughs> right. You know. Right. You know. Wow. Right. How can you not? move past that and let's have these open dialogues right. Right. you're certainly providing an environment to say hey listen right we, we, we understand you're aggravated let's yeah. talk about what you're aggravated yeah. about and maybe we can yeah. find some kind of resolution you know, let's, let's, let's come to a resolution you know and and sometimes you know you you know i get blowback from it because they're like well garland you you're working with them you, you're the police I, said, well, I, I wish I, I was i wish i was getting paid like them right, right. <laughs> no i know I, I just wanted to develop an avenue where you know, not only my area, but all areas throughout the city of Joliet was able to sit down and have some conversations, yeah, you know. Yeah. And that was the main thing, to have some conversations. Now, we don't always agree. Sure. Oh, you, sure know, right. I, yeah. you know, I, the mayor, he, don't, he and I don't always agree. Right. You know. you know. But it's a dialogue. It's there knowing that you could have that conversation and agree to disagree, and, and it can go on, and nobody gets killed, and nobody yeah. gets on the news, and nobody yeah. gets sued, or, you yeah. know, it's legal, lawful, and everybody's doing the right thing, and it's yeah. it, 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 you come to some resolution, yeah. and sometimes the resolution is agree to disagree. Yeah, and, and, and that's the best type of friendship, best type of friendship you can ever have or relationship where you can ever have it is you, you develop where we, we can let's agree to disagree right yeah let's agree that we can disagree and and, and still come to a come look this is your, this the way i see it that's the way you see it that's fine you know and 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 so we were able to develop those relationships and you know of course with the you know with COVID going on covid yeah. you know right. and everything we haven't tough. had as many it's yeah. been tough you know bring the residents together but we were able to really do some great things you know we partnered with uh, uh, the park district. We we, we revitalized the park um, through some conversations, some yeah. hard, tough, tough conversations. Right. Well, and that's with, what I was going to ask yeah. next. Next was, what are some success stories? You know, or success stories that you oh. have from doing that stuff. I mean, I'm okay. sure there's a million, but oh, yeah, anything like big that sticks out, or well, just it, I would, there's not a million, but there's a few hundred. <laughs> 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 no, we, we, uh, what we did in our, what we did at, in, in, in Forest Park, we revitalized a park that was once uh, just dilapidated. You know, the park district didn't want to put any money into our park. You know, it was all tore down and glass and everything like yeah. that. And they wanted to only keep the money on the west side of Joliet. And we've been having these conversations over and over again, and they didn't do it. So one day, they were having a park district meeting. We showed up, and they said, well, why are you guys here? Well, we hear about our park. And, you know, and so they were kind of taken back by that. But anyway, we started having conversations at the table. And they said, well, Garland, we want to put a basketball court, but we're not going to put our money out there. I said, well, how much a basketball court costs? They said, well, it's $15,000. I said, will you go half? I said, what do you mean half? I said, will you go half? If I get half, would you get half? So you're going to pay $7,500? Yeah. So anyway, I reached out to, uh, I have a cousin. He's a doctor out in Philadelphia, and he has some contacts with it. And uh, he put me in contact with a corporation. We had a conversation. He said, oh, no problem. We cut the $15,000 check. 
Really? And so when I delivered a check to them, they looked at me and their mouth dropped. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you're like, like, what do you got next? I got right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I said, I want a trail put in, in the park. I want a trail. I want new equipment put in. So the now park. you got 7,500 extra. <laughs> Guess what you're going to do with that? Yeah, well, no, they took, no, they took that and built it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. You know. And, uh, you know, but th- that's one thing we've done. The other thing we've done was we, uh, as a housing authority, we, we got rid of the projects. You know, that was one of the, that was the, the, the best thing that could happen in the area. Well, people say, well, Garland, you helped create gentrification now because now a lot of the area, people that lived up there is gone now. But the crime has gone down, too. Sure. We have zero crime. You know, well, we had an incident yes, uh, a couple of days ago with a dog. Uh, a guy got bit by a dog and had a heart attack. But <laughs> crime is down. <laughs> no, it seriously happened. Jesus. Really? It seriously oh. happened. And, uh, yeah, it was all on the news. He dog attacked him he had a heart attack and passed away holy cow uh, you but, never uh, know yeah you never know but our crime has been down in, in, in the area i live in we we, we over 25 30 percent down huge it's great huge yeah. great and so we um we moved everyone out and uh we moved everyone out of the projects tore the projects down uh we developed some senior homes uh senior living homes uh, uh not far away from there and uh so that's a huge accomplishment right. the whole neighborhood has changed once once you know uh you you walk through the neighborhood you say you see you know latinos you see white you see black you know you it's see, way more diverse than it was way before more right. diverse right, right, right. and you see people out actually enjoying each other their right. yeah. their neighborhood interacting people are not right. going in at seven o'clock and closing the blinds and right. you know bolting the doors people right. out sitting out you know, uh, you know, having Casietta, Kinsietta's. Yeah. Right. I went to a right. Kinsietta and barely walked home. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Great time. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was the, come on down, girl, and I like that'd be the last time. That was a bad mistake. Right. But uh, it was a great time though, and so. That's one of, one of, and that the, the biggest thing though, the biggest, you know, besides all the exterior and the infrastructure and stuff like that, we've gotten residents able to talk to talk to talk to officials to talk to the police department to talk to mayor well, i've had the mayor walking around before you know i've had the chief both ch- the last couple chiefs of police walking around before we are people are not afraid they know they can call me or or someone on my staff to call if they got an issue people are actually talking now not just you know not saying anything. Yeah, not, not right. we're on both on two sides here, and yes, nobody wants yeah, to find that not, middle ground. It, it, right. the, the the wall came down. Yeah, and yeah. so to me, that's one of the biggest accomplishments. You know, that's awesome. You know, and not everyone is is is, is you know on board with it. You can't you can't save everyone if this, right. you know right. You just can't. But right. you know, well, it's one of those one things that you know. I think you know. I've been proponent of this for years. You know, there's always the the, the, the division's been between civilian and police for years but somebody has to bury the hatch and start the conversation yeah, yeah. no doubt yeah yeah absolutely i mean it was you know I, I did both and we've talked about this before and there was a lot of animus towards the uh soldier side of the house the military side oh, of the yeah. house yeah. in the 60s and 70s i remember we didn't we were allowed to say it in high school like i wanted to go in the military people look at you you're crazy yeah. what are you they're yeah. all killers and the, you know that kind of stuff yeah. and you know the same thing kind of needs to happen with our profession we need yes. to kind of like people get in this debate about warriors and guardians, they think, I don't want to get into that. Just be what a cop needs to be. It's exactly. All those things, none of those things. Just be a good human being and yes. understand that what you're dealing with is, you know, people that are when we show up, they're down on their luck. Whether yeah. it's just for a moment, 
or but then, a lifetime. But the other flip side, other flip side of that, as a, as a citizen, you ha- you have to recognize that these men and women out here putting their life on the line to serve and protect. You know, and so then when you come out, the just like when I go to a grocery store, I expect to come back home. When they go out to work, they expect to come back home too. Right. And so there has to be a, a mutual respect there. You know, they have a job to do, and and that you know they, you have to respect that. You can't sit up here and say, oh well, you know, f the police and kill them all. And it, no, 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 no. You you can't just take the what what this bad incident and 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 turn it all on everyone. It's just you, you can't do that. You know, the great show, a future show with him. Right. Just sitting here thinking. Right. It's like, well, there's a ton of stuff. You're how right. are those people now the mouthpiece of that movement? Right. The, the equality movement, the Black Lives Matter, the things like that that you yeah. talk about. There's a lot of that talk, like destroy the police, get yeah, rid of them, yeah. defund them, kill them. No, I mean, no, we're still here in the riots. No, don't defund the police yeah. to me. You know, I want, if I call you, I need you <laughs> in five minutes. <laughs> right. If you can't get to my residence <laughs> in five minutes and I need, it's a 911 call, uh, yeah, we need to take some money from you. Right. You're you know, not alone right. in saying that. You know, no. They've pulled the inner city. Folks that live in the inner city, those neighborhoods, and they say that all the time. Like 80% say, don't get rid of the police, get us more police. Yeah. Right. The problem right now is like when you sit and you look at this and say, well, then why are there so many people that are not involved in that saying that they agree with defunding the police and getting rid of it? And that would be a great show for the future no. for you to come back and talk about. Oh, about. most definitely. Yeah. Well, like, I, don't do in defunding, I don't believe in defunding the police. Do I think that some things could probably be, you know, moved around, readjusted, and, have, and put you know, more into uh, 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 social programs, you know, and look at it like that, you know, right. maybe so, right. maybe so. Right. I don't, I, when you, when you come to me talking about defunding the police, you, you're talking about taking officers off the street, you know, you know, you, you know, I don't want you to do that. Right. <laughs> Not where I live at, right. you know, right. you know, now if we can look at the overall budget and say, well, you know, maybe we can adjust some things and, and create some more programs for the kids, you know, or, or you know, we're going to make a line, put a line budget where, you know, you know, Ten thousand dollars go towards back to community. We're going to develop grants and scholarships and yeah, stuff right, like that. Right, right. And, and yet, instead, we're going to keep every officer intact and things like that. Then, okay, yeah, you know, every budget there's fat that can be taken out. Sure, yeah, right. Yeah. I don't care who it is. Right. Every right. budget. I look yeah. at. I look at what's yeah. going on with the city of Joliet. I know they got fat in the budget, and things could be taken out. Right. You know, let's let's readjust some things. Not defund. Right. I don't right. like that word right. defund. Right. I, I just, I, you know, and I know, oh, girl, and you. You don't care. No, I do care. I do care. Yeah, it's obvious I, I, you I care about what you're right. doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do yeah. care. I care more than what you because I don't get paid. Uh, I don't get paid for nothing that I do. Everything I do is you know the money that I give back, uh, uh, the time that I put in. I don't get paid for that. I don't get. I don't get paid to be on the housing authority board. I don't get paid for that. I get a, you know when we travel, you know they might pay for that, but I I don't get paid for being nothing that I do. I to me I owe. And, and, you know, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali said it best. He said, living here, doing service, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to get it all right. Paraphrasing. Pa- yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Right. Thank you. Uh, doing service is the price you pay while you're here on earth. Right. You know, it's the rent right. that you pay while you're here on earth. Right. You know, and, and this is me. The deeds that I do, is, it's, it's my part of paying rent. You know, some things that, you know, I feel like I owe. I owe I, my life. You know, I, I talked to the, uh, the the young man that I, I, I took his life. Yeah. I accidentally took it, and that's where he did. I was convicted of second-degree murder. I talked to his family. I made peace with his family when I first came home. Yeah, I, That was one of my goals. I had to make peace with his family, his mother, sisters, 
everything. So I made pizza with his family. Uh, and that's part of the reason why, that's another part of the reason I can't let them down as well. Right. Because if they forgave me, they didn't forget. They right. never forgot what yeah. happened. Right. They would never, and, and that was, that was a, and you know, you know, they, they made that clear. Yeah. We would not forget Garland. Right. But we have to forgive you. Right. And, and that blessed my, you know, that just, you know, that, you know, that was some, along with some other conversations we had. It was a tough conversation, but yeah. I appreciated that they gave me that opportunity yeah. to even have a conversation with them. Because right. I took their son, their nephew, their brother. Yeah. Right. And that's the, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the. That's that takes some big stones to even go over there and, right. and address right. that. And no, and, 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 then, hey, and then the this, other side you know? of it, to your point, is that, that they they saw that, and we're not forgetting the memory of this young man. We're not forgetting his life. Right. You know, but we can forgive. Yes. And we obviously need more of that. Yes. Uh, with that, and it was you know it's noble. Again, uh, the stories that you brought with us here today are are, are very inspiring. We obviously love to have appreciate you, back. you having me. I appreciate and, you uh, having you me. You know, talk a little bit about some of those things that you're seeing, and you know this word of, you know, getting rid of us as a profession. We don't see it for a lot of different reasons, but one of the main reasons is, is if you take us away, it'll make that situation in some ways only worse. But what can we do mm-hmm. to better reach those, those communities? I think you're starting right now having this dialogue, right. and I thank you all for letting me come here and having this conversation. I, I hope, uh, uh, you know, this reaches out and, and then someone hears and say, okay, you know, get something out of it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if they don't, uh, they're not know, listening. This right. is where it starts, coming right. and having the conversations. You know, like I said, 20 years ago, I would have never imagined having this conversation or being right. here. Yeah. A lot of conversations I've had with many different politicians and, and people I never thought I would have had, but I, I, you know, it's it's just been real, very fortunate for me. And we really very appreciate, it. appreciate it. And, and, and I tell you, I got a whole bunch of things that I'd love to have you back. I, w- I love, I would love to come back. You know, uh, when you saw me, uh, 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 I've been doing that for a couple of years, talking to the to uh, detectives and you know, going out there to talk. So, I'm I'm, I'm willing great. to go anywhere. That's awesome. Anywhere. That's well, awesome. Definitely. Well, thank you, everybody. I uh, appreciate you listening. And if you have any questions for the show. You can go ahead Gmail 3CopsTalk at gmail.com. That's the number 3CopsTalk at gmail.com. We're all going to ask you to uh, go to where you listen to podcasts, download, subscribe, and leave a review and rate for the show. Thank you so much. Everybody have a great holiday.